It's Tuesday, November 23rd. This is Jaguars Happy Hour. And now, a guy who refuses to play on the road at 425, J.P. <laughs> Shadrick. Flat out. Flat out. And won't do it. In fact, made the league change it. We'll get to that coming up. Welcome in. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. I'm J.P. Shadrick. We've got a busy couple hours ahead. Well, on this program, every Tuesday, it's Jaguars analyst Jeff Lagerman. He's coming up. We'll recap for the final time Thank goodness, week 11, 49ers over the Jaguars, 30-10. to 10. It didn't feel like it was even that close. Looking ahead to week 11, the Falcons are coming to town to face the Jaguars. Two teams, um, let's say, struggling offensively. The Urban Meyer Show coming up at 5 o'clock on the Jaguars radio network today as well. So a lot to get to. Let's start with... San Francisco and Jacksonville. The 49ers a 30-10 winner. The Jags defense couldn't get off the field early. That 13-minute drive plus some. A 20-play drive for the 49ers. They finished it with a field goal. Things could have been okay had the Jags moved on offense. They went three and out. San Fran scored the touchdown to make it 10-0. Okay, not too bad. It's early still, kind of into the second quarter. Well, a fumble in the next play, 17-0 San Fran, and they couldn't get out of the hole early in the game. Injuries piled up in the second half. Urban Meyer on Monday coming off the loss. That's been more than that. It's been four weeks, actually, ever since the – I thought uh, Miami, there was a lot of promise, a lot of good things being done. Uh, before that, I saw steady improvement, and you're correct. You know, I think when – when uh, James got, you know, if you remember right, he had two big runs in the Seattle game and he comes out. So I don't want to put it all on him because he's obviously a very valuable member. But whenever someone goes down, someone else has to pick up that flag and go harder. And we're not getting that right now. And so, um, yeah, I think uh, whenever things aren't, you know, on defense, I commend our staff. I, I met with our staff many times and we adjusted, adapted to our personnel and we're playing better. You know, even yesterday, you know, there's, had three sacks on that first drive, I believe. And two of them were negated because of penalty offside and a, a hold. Um, but I like the way our defense, you know, when you say you give up that many points, you know, to me that was when you have a 20-play drive, you hold them to three points and had three sacks in that drive and you extended by penalties. I consider that a win. But then we 30 seconds later, the defense is back on the field. And then 30 seconds again later, they're back because of a fumble. So everybody's got to hold up their end of the bargain. Didn't work out for the Jags, obviously, this past week. They got only 200 yards of offense for the day. Turned the ball over a couple times. The uh, time of possession in the uh, ball game was just well in favor of San Francisco. 38 minutes, 22 seconds. Jeff Lagerman joining us now, Jaguars analyst. Uh, good afternoon to you, Jeff. Good afternoon. Our final look at the San Fran-Jacksonville game. And, uh, you know, going back and, and talking about it last night with – Baselli and Prisco, they both watched the tape and they were like, boy, this is. Prisco doesn't watch uh, the tape. He watches the tape, apparently. He can watch the tape, but it's like uh, like trying to read Greek. (laughs) He he doesn't have the qualifications to watch the tape. Whatever language it's in, it wasn't pretty. I'll say that. (laughs) I'm just just taking a little shot at my good friend Pete. (laughs) Right. Yeah, it's all good. Yeah, he, no, look, it wasn't very good. And uh, Pete could see that, and a lot of other people could see that. Offensively, the team continues to struggle. You know, that's now 43 points in four games. 
And that's just not good enough. You can't win football games when you're, you know, here's the reality. Seven of the ten points that they scored against the 49ers was, was garbage time. And you know what? Like, even the last month, the four touchdowns they've scored have all been garbage time. Yeah, they've all been garbage time. I mean, this offense right now is in a funk. I mean, a big funk. And the capital F. Well, and the problem with being in the funk is is that, you know, typically you get out of it with, you know, you go back to what your core is. And your core is with your offensive line and James Robinson. Okay, well, James Robinson is not 100% healthy. Mm -hmm. But here's the reality. James Robinson, not 100% healthy, is still better then Carlos Hyde healthy. That's reality. So you have to still play James Robinson. I mean, in a perfect world, you'd like to say, hey, look, let's just give James Robinson a week off because then he'll get back to full speed and he'll be okay. Well, no, that might not be the case. It might not be – he might not be healthy all year, even if you give him a week or two off. So here's, here's got to be the challenge moving ahead – these defenses and defensive coordinators and opposing coaches now know, obviously, if you turn on the tape the last month, that Jaguars receivers are having some issues getting open consistently. Sure. I think that's a nice way to say it. I, th- I think it's so twofold, JP. Now, it's not all on the receivers now. Right. It, it, it's, I think that's receivers, and I think uh, the coaches have to scheme better. But my point is, then you can bring extra guys in to defend the run. Because if that's what they're going to lean on, the Jaguars – Right? I mean, that's, well, the, that's the challenge. I'll tell you this. The, in the last couple games specifically, if you, if you looked at and you analyzed the Colts and the 49ers, mm-hmm. what are they not afraid to do? They're not afraid to play the Jaguars in man. There's nobody that scares you. Seriously. I mean, uh, Especially with Agnew out now. JP. Right? Even with Agnew. Even when he was in there. How many drops did he have? He's had some. Yeah. Big time. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, so if you can't catch the ball consistently, are you a legitimate – Threat. Even if you're open, right. Yeah. Right. No. That's a good point. No, but he's an explosive player, and he's one that gets better separation than everybody else. So when your biggest threat is still not even something that would make a defensive coordinator worrisome, that's a bit of an issue. And uh, so it is what it is. I mean, they they had a couple guys that they were going to be counting on, DJ Chark and, and obviously Travis Etienne. But you know what? That happens to every team in the league. I mean, every team in the league has to deal with some change in the lineup to where they don't have somebody that they were expecting. So should they sit there and go, woe's me? No. I mean, that's just part of life in the NFL. And so you just got to do a better job of coaching up the ones you got and then the guys that are going to play. And you got to do a better job of scheming them up. I mean, that's just what you have to do. That's the in-season part of it. Now, the off-season organizational big-picture look is you better stock the pantry a little bit better with jars sure. on the shelf and get guys ready to roll. You know, that takes a year or two of time to getting guys in here. That's the big-picture look, but in the scheme of this season, in the scope of this season, you're right on it. I mean, they're kind of to the point now. It's week 12 coming up. Well, I mean, think about during, during training camp. You know, you got uh, – you signed Taven Austin. Right, yeah, right, I mean, and, and Taven was signed kind of as an afterthought, but he came in immediately. Was like making plays on the field, did a pretty good camp. job. Yeah, did first end around on the first day. Oh, who is this guy? Okay, wow, he's still okay. got a little something. Okay, um, have you had a wow moment with him yet this season? Not in the in, regular season. In regular season, I, I mean, I haven't seen one either, and I'm not trying to be uh, critical of him, but my point is, is that okay? And then you bring in John Brown. Well, John Brown, you just got, and now he was active. Mm-hmm. What about practice squad? 
No, he was on the practice squad. They no, 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 no. Him. I'm asking, what about your practice squad? Oh, the other you, guys. I mean, do you got how many There's guys on the practice squad that are wide receivers? Let's see: Josh Hammond, Tim Jones, Jeff Cotton Jr. are three. Those are the three. Okay, you got three guys on practice squad that are wide receivers. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, can they play? I mean, I mean, that, that's I mean, the point where you're at, and I'm, I'm yeah. not trying to be facetious. I'm just trying to make a point: is that you know that's where you're at right now. Is that if you're not getting better with what you're doing and with the personnel that you're using and the play calls that you're using, so there's one of two things that you have to do. I mean, you can sit there and say, well, we're just going to go back to work. Okay, that's fine and dandy. But at some point, you have to change something. Is it changing personnel? Okay, that might be it. Take a look at the guys that are on practice squad. Okay, another option might be call it differently. That might be it. Okay, mm-hmm. get a little different look, maybe a little different play calling. Um, maybe change up the way you prepare. I mean, so that's because the, the old the definition of insanity is what? Yeah, doing it over and over. Right. And expecting a different mm-hmm. result. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I'm not saying you're at the point where you're just, you know, you're going insane with this Jag- Jaguars offense, but you're not <laughs> getting the results that you want. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I might I mean, argue the other You way. might be going insane, JP. <laughs> I'm not quite going insane yet, but it's getting close to that to where, look, you, you need to look at doing something different. And, uh, and I'm sure that that has been and will be a major focus this week with, uh, with coaching. They didn't target Dan Arnold last week. He why? was the leading Tell me target. why. Well, I'm going to ask you why. He, he was a leading target, leading receiver, leading yardage receiver since he arrived here and did not get an official target in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, Urban said earlier this week, in fact yesterday, that kind of bracketed coverage on him some. You know, he is the leading receiver on the team. Again, again, here, let me ask you this. Yes. Okay. You and I'm not saying that Dan Arnold is George Kittle. I'm not saying that Dan Arnold is Travis Kelsey. But how do they continue to get the ball to those guys? Any answers? No, I, I don't know. You tell me. Okay, uh, they scheme it up. Yeah, and they make sure the ball goes to them because just feed it, just force I, it. Do yeah, it. you find a way. Throw it. Yeah, you find a way, and. And I'm, like I said, I'm not saying that Dan Harnold is Travis Kelsey or George Kelp because he's not. But he well, is one of the best options that you have in your offense. And, you know, we watched Gronkowski last night with Tom Brady. Did you watch that game? Some of it, yes. Okay. Um, from what you saw, did you see some of the short throws to Gronkowski? Just kind of like almost like a run here. Hey, Gronk just runs down the field four yards, Run turns around. There you go. Out here. Here you yep, go. Yep, a little out. Yeah, you're fine. Right? Yep, move the sticks, boom. Yep. What's wrong with doing some of that with Dan Arnold? I mean, so my, my, my point is, is that you've got to take a hard look at everything that you're doing from a personnel standpoint, from a play-calling standpoint, because you've got a young quarterback that you've got to develop. And you've got to make things a little bit easier for him. I watched the Patriots last Thursday, as a lot of other people did. And Mac Jones was having a lot of open receivers to throw to. And are the New England Patriots skill position players that much better than the Jaguars or that much better than a lot of other people? I mean, I, I, maybe they're a little better. Yeah, probably. Okay, but but, but the scheme and it sets thought, up I mean, well for Mac Jones right now. Uh, uh, look, they do, they do a real good job with their offensive system, and they've done a really good job because they're completing at a rate of over 70%. Yeah. 
I think now, it's the second best completion percentage in the National Football League, and they're doing that with a rookie quarterback. And you can argue that okay, a lot of that's short. There's not pushing the ball down the care. field a lot, but it's okay. It's successful. <laughs> What's right? wrong with that? I'm okay. I'm with you. Yeah, well, we've so heard I, for I, years I, around here. Oh, the, he doesn't push the ball down the field, right? I think, oh, well, that's I a think, problem. But when you're completing seventy percent and winning games, that's a different animal. Yeah, and then look, uh, they they spent a ton of money in the off season. Okay, but, so I'm not trying to. Say, I'm just. My point is with that is that look, you got to find a way, and you got to look at what you're doing, and you can't just sit there and continue to say, "Well, we got to get back to work." Sometimes you got to go, "Hey, look, let's get back to work and look at what we're doing." Mm-hmm. You know, so maybe you can find a different answer or a different solution, or another way of of going about your business to maybe try to get something different happening, and so. Uh, because if you keep if you keep going out there with this, you know, with a young quarterback, I mean, you want to talk about a quick way to erode and, and completely nullify confidence. I mean, uh, that's right. I mean, JP, if, if if you're Trevor Lawrence, are you feeling very confident right now? I mean, considering everything that's happened the last month, I'm it's it's waning. Yeah, I would. If yeah. I were look, and I, and look, I I know that he's built right mentally. He's built and he's tough, mm-hmm. and and he can handle all this kind of stuff. But it's also this is uncharted water. Uh, what is he? How many games did he lose in high school and college altogether? Two or three, like three or four. Yeah, I think not it was. even, not even four. a handful. Right? It was like eighty-six and four. Yeah. So let's let's go, man. Let's go. Let's <laughs> see, see what happens. So um, there you have it. We're but off the, and but here's the good thing. Yes. Okay. I'm, I'm going to put a little bit of brightness. Okay. We on. need to like bring this back up again. Yeah. So we'll bring it back up. Like You're playing a football team this week's not very good. Right. But. It is also a football team that is a game out of the NFC wild card. Believe that? Yeah, I know, but come on. I mean, let's be real. I'm, I'm just saying. You, I mean, they can be a, a game out of the wild card, <laughs> but that's not because they're a good football team. They've been outscored 68-3 to the last two weeks. Yes. Mm-hmm. And their offense is not very good. They don't run the ball very well. Their defense is not very good. They don't. They don't score a lot of points offensively. They give up some points defensively. They don't stop the run very well. Uh, this is a team, and the, the Atlanta Falcons are in a serious rebuild mode. A serious rebuild mode in which they don't have the money. They don't yeah, have right. any money. Right. And so they're going to have to sit there and wait until the draft picks can heal them. And so they're a ways out, unless all of a sudden they get, you know, hit on everything that they've had, which they hit on the tight end, Pitts. Yes. But did they really hit on him? He's got I mean, one touchdown. Were they year. a genius for analyzing I that? Mean, or anybody could have done that. 32 teams in the league had the young guy rated that high. If you're you know, picking fourth and he was there, okay. That's not, not but this is a game that the, the, the Jaguars have a good chance in, and the Falcons are probably saying the exact same thing. There's no doubt about that. And, uh, you know, we talk about the Jaguars' offensive scoring issues, 43 points over the last four games. That's the exact number for the Atlanta Falcons as well over their last four games. Not 43 good. 43 points. Not good. And they've got a veteran quarterback, yeah. Matt Ryan, That's, which yeah. I've never been a big fan of Matt Ryan. I mean, me and Baselli used to argue about this all the time. <laughs> he would tell me that Matt Ryan's a great quarterback. He's a franchise guy. And I'm sitting there going, no, he's not. Well, I'll he's, say this. Matt he's been Ryan, pretty good. Matt, he's had a great career. And he's 3-0 and all time against the Jaguars. I know that. He, uh, he has been that. Well, and he's good. had a great career, by the way. Sure. MVP, I'm, not, I'm not trying to say that he stinks. I'm, that's not what I'm saying. I, I just – if 
because our, our argument, me and Tony, that we used to have was, was he a franchise guy that you would be happy with? And he was, he, his argument was, yes, Matt Ryan's a franchise guy. You can build around him. You can win a Super Bowl with him. And my contention was, he's a really good quarterback. But I, I, I'm, I'm going to continue looking to find that guy that's special because I never felt that Matt Ryan was special. And maybe I'm wrong. Well, they were, what, a half away from uh, winning that Super Bowl. They were maybe a, 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 some play calls away yeah. from winning the Super maybe Bowl. Maybe a, a couple of runs How away. about running the ball? <laughs> right. Hey, let's come back. Uh, Jaguars defensive talk. What the heck happened on that side of the ball this past week? Penalties. Okay, well, well, I thought we were going to tease what was happening. Well, that's, okay. a, that's part of it. Okay, good. Part of it. Don't give everything away. I won't. Penalties are part of it, but there's plenty more ahead on the defensive side. PRI Productions, the official event production company of the Jags, has everything you need to bring your next idea to life. Visit PRIproductions.com, and we're off and running. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Jaguars Happy Hour is brought to you by DreamFinders Homes, homes that fit your lifestyle, and by Baptist Health. Changing healthcare for good. There's not much left to to say. You know, like you said, just kind of um, keep going. Season's not going to get canceled. We got seven more games, eight more games. Um, seven, eight, seven, seven more games left. Uh, we got a lot of ball left. Just get better every week. And um, but yeah, I'm not going to sit up here and say all the positive things that came out of it. There's not much out of today. Um, Got a butt kick, didn't look good all the way around. So um, where you go from here is just keep going to work. Everybody stay together, keep fighting. I know I will. Uh, I'm never going to quit. And I know we got enough guys to to turn this thing around, and it's it's up to us. We got to make that decision. So uh, just got to keep working. That's the quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, of course, after the game Sunday. A Jaguars lost to the San Francisco 49ers. And welcome back to Jaguars Happy Hour. J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Lagerman coming up at 5 o'clock. The Urban Meyer Show. The uh, Jaguars face the Atlanta Falcons in Week 12 uh, coming up this Sunday after Thanksgiving. Uh, let's let's whip a little bit. I thought to, for a minute there yeah. that you said I was coming up at 5 o'clock. I was about I mean, to say, all right, see ya. <laughs> I mean, you're going to be here too, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. But, I mean, for a minute there, I was kind of worried. Like, I was not supposed to be here until 5. Oh, you can come whenever you want, man. I mean, this is your world. We're just living <laughs> in it, Logs. It's your world. Jimmy. No, no, no. We're just here. It is all your world. Jaguars defense. I don't think I've ever seen uh, college or pro a 20-play drive, first of all, a 13-minute drive, second of all. That's, uh, in fact, it's the second longest drive by time in league history. I think it was uh, the longest drive since, like, 1997. Is that right? Yeah, the Oilers did it, I think. <laughs> yeah, that's how long ago it was. It's been a while. <laughs> this is For crazy. Real? Yeah. I mean, it was really the Oilers? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah, that's – were they in uh, Tennessee or were they remember. in Houston? I'd, I'd, I sent you the text I'd have to look it up. And I couldn't yeah. remember exactly. I didn't really pay much attention. I was just – I was looking at the date, not they were, really paying they, attention to the team. They were 16 seconds off the league record. The um, – yeah, the, the longest in the NFL the, – the, at least – the one that's happened longest since then was 1997, the Tennessee Oilers against the Dallas Cowboys. Okay, so minutes, they were in Tennessee at that point. That's what I was wondering. 13 minutes, 27 seconds. Wow. So, I mean, you're 17, or, yeah, what, well, here's, what the math is on that. Here's the reality. 
that drive doesn't happen for th- 13 minutes if you don't commit penalties. What in the world was going on with those? You got a hold on Rayshon on a third down. Was it legit? Uh, yes. Okay. You had a an offsides on Smoot on a third and four. Yes, you did. Hello. Not good. That That's like defensive line 101. Okay, when it's third and less than five, you got to hold your water yeah. and you better be ready for the hard count. That was one of those, oh, I can't believe they got me on that. I'm s- knucklehead. <laughs> I'm sure Smoot was not happy with himself on that sure. one. But you had those two penalties on that drive. And uh, they ended up converting a third and 12. It was a third and point. 12 to Ayuk, and yeah. I, I, was, I made a note of that. Yeah. And, uh, and then here's the reality. They had they had ten guys on the field for that little twenty yard field goal, and they ten? ran the eleventh guy out there. Uh. If if the Forty ers had had some awareness and noticed that there was a Jaguar running onto the field Snap and snapped the Offside. ball, it would have been half the distance to the goal. First down, and it would have been in a first. It would have been a first down. It would have been enough for a first down, and the Forty ers could have, could have had a longer drive. Yeah. Than what they have. Wow. Because that was one of three instances yeah. in that game to where they had 10 guys on the field. Mm. That's still going on, man. And then, wow. Yeah, because you had. Was it all special teams or was it or no. all over the place? Well, you had the punt, which Logan Cook was daydreaming on the sideline <laughs> with the helmet in his hand. And I'm looking down at him going, he doesn't realize he's supposed to be out there. Wow. Are you And then, and then all of a sudden he realizes it because Wingard personal protector waving at him he's about ready to, he's he's he down he's like jacks. all right ready set and he turns around to make sure that it's okay to say you know you know <laughs> hike, set, hike, hike right. or whatever he's you know the personal protector tells the center that it's okay to snap either that or the center was turning around looking at winger going dude what are you doing we got no punter <laughs> winger <laughs> turns around and looks puts his hands up in the air like okay Where's uh, our punter? Little help here, and that's when Logan. I'm looking down at him, I'm, and I, I have not said a word. I'm just watching this kind of unfold. And I looked down, and I wanted to see what Logan was going to do when he realized that he is the punter and he's not on the field. And as I'm looking down, he was like, "Oh, oh!" and runs out on the field. And he's throwing a helmet on top of his head, uh, trying to buckle the chin strap and avoid the uh, necessity to use a timeout. But it was too late. Timeout. Wow. But shouldn't have used a timeout. You're at midfield. Just take the delay of game. Yeah, right. I mean, just take the delay of game. I mean, it's well, that's two not times, that big of a deal. two on special teams that they had Okay, goal 10. line. Goal line. Jaguars were on goal line defense. 49ers coming to the – and then there goes somebody running on the field to be the 11th guy. Mm. And got there in time. But uh, – I mean, come on now. I mean, this is it's week twelve, week eleven. Yeah, it's week eleven. You, know, you got ten games. Yeah. You had to buy weeks. Week eleven. You know, okay, week one maybe. And and here's the thing: the last two weeks, the, the the Buffalo game, the Indianapolis game. I mean, you were pretty clean for the most part about personnel substitutions, alignment, and when you're when you're clean on your your substitutions, alignment, et cetera, it allows you to be cleaner and to play faster as a defense. Mm-hmm. When you are having substitution issues and you're trying to get guys lined up, the focus is about getting guys lined up. 
And, oh, my gosh, I'm worried about JP. JP, is he behind his mic? Joe, he's not behind his mic. Oh, my gosh. Instead of me thinking about what my job yeah, is. Looking at the keys for and the what I And looking exactly right. and looking at what I'm supposed yeah. to be paying attention to. Yeah. But, no, I'm over here paying attention because you're not behind the mic. I mean, what the what? Right. I mean, come on. It's that, I mean, and that, that part is disappointing. And to be honest with you, uh, moments like that get to be embarrassing. In week 11? Come on. I mean, and we remember that, you know, week one, we saw a lot of that week one, right? Guys running on late. They had too many men on the field. And look, you don't huddle. even expect to have that happen in week one. I know, but I'm just telling you, that's when, okay, it was week or one. Week, week 11? I mean, it, it, week it, 11 now. if you had an injury, because here's an instance to where you're like, okay, I can, I can, I can get it. You haven't, an, but still it shouldn't even happen in this case. But, but here's a case that is, can happen to where you get an injury. Let's say you get a safety injured, okay, and he is on – and you're on defense and all of a sudden you're getting ready to run punt return and all of a sudden one of the safeties got hurt and he's on your punt return unit. But then the special teams coach didn't know mm-hmm. or somebody didn't mm-hmm. know that he was hurt. So now all of a sudden we got to figure out, oh, my gosh, somebody... he, he can't play on punt returns. We, so the communication – so in that instance you would say, okay, that might be – an understandable type situation, but <laughs> when when you're the punter, yeah, that's <laughs> not much of an excuse on that one. Wow, not at all. Um, I don't think he'll ever forget that. Seriously, <laughs> I don't think he might run out there on third down next week just to be out there, just in case. I don't think Logan will ever forget that, and I don't think he'll ever have a moment in the rest of his career the where he's not on the field for punt team. Josh Allen's game, career-high 10 tackles, mm-hmm. a tackle for loss, mm-hmm. and forced to fumble on the opening drive. That's, that's the, big, the big point. That could have stopped that thing. That's the big point. Yeah. I love players that want to get better. I love players that study the game and to add things that they see from other players and add it to their game. So you, you go back and you, you think about, okay, the Jaguars are getting ready to face the Indianapolis Colts, and there's a lot of conversation about Darius Leonard. Oh, yeah, man, he's, uh, he's really good. Jaguars got to see him when he played on short week, so it was a Monday night game. Mm-hmm. Got to see Jonathan Taylor. Got to see Darius Leonard punch the ball out. I'm sure that Josh Allen was watching that. And then, of course, the announcers are talking about how Darius Leonard is one of the best in the league at punching the ball out. You know, there's a little history there. Charles Peanut Tillman of the yeah. Chicago Bears was the best ever at it. And he's the one, the first one that I think brought it to, to modern-day football to where he was literally punching, mm-hmm. punching mm-hmm. the ball, targeting the ball, not trying to grab it and rip it out, punching the ball as he's coming in. So Josh probably sees that on Monday Night Football and then the week's prep, Darius Leonard conversation with – people asking questions, and also prepping for the game. You're hearing about Darius Leonard and his forced fumbles. Like, okay, he tried a little bit in that game. And then you're getting ready to face the San Francisco 49ers and the veteran Josh Norman, who used to be a a really good corner Mm -hmm. in the league, really good corner. And he's slowing down a little bit. He's still starting quality player, but he leads the league in forced fumbles going into this Mm -hmm. game. So Josh Allen sees that. 
And so he adds that to the game. Early in the game, he punches the ball out. It's on the turf. Jaguars don't recover. But, I mean, just the awareness and the improvement that he makes to his game because that's the kind of player he is. He's constantly trying to find ways to be better. That's what you love about a Josh Allen type of a guy. And you can never have enough of those type of guys. I love, I love the way he preps. I love the way he plays. He is a, an every-down player. He doesn't play just for sacks, which is sexy and gets you to Pro Bowls. He plays for everything. He plays for the calls, fumbles, the tackles, and to be good and to improve his team. That's what I love about him. And the interceptions this year, too. He's got one of those. Which was a great job of just being aware and following the eyes of the quarterback on a little bit of a zone read. Outstanding play. I mean, that's, that's what makes Josh Allen special in that he is contributing. If you look at his stats, like if you look at the top sackers in the league, okay, you, and you go to – we go to the website, NFLJesus.com. Yeah, 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 okay? yeah, and we call it Jesus because it's, it's NFLGSIS.com. It's a statistical website that Thank you. all of people in the media end up using for broadcasting, et cetera. Yes. And you pull up the top sackers in the league. Okay, I got them. Have you done that? I am doing it. Okay. Stand by. Yes. Look at the other categories – of the guys on that list. Okay, so you look from Josh up. How many other categories do a lot of those big dogs have? They've got tackles for loss. They've mm-hmm. got quarterback hits. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got forced fumbles. Okay, well, you, when you get on the quarterback, you can get a forced fumble. Mm-hmm. I mean, how about their tackles? Give me a ballpark of what's the highest tackling uh, guy. 50s in the okay. mid high fit. Harold Landry has 57 tackles. He's with, the highest. Of, uh, he, Micah Parsons. Micah's a great player. Right? Great young player. But he's got eight sacks. You know, Miles Garrett has 37 tackles, 13 sacks. Leads the league in sacks. Mm-hmm. Watt, 12 and a half sacks, 39 tackles. Okay, Hassan, and the third. Hassan, how many, how many tackles does Josh have? Josh Allen is over 50 now. Okay, he's over 50 tackles. That's right. And he's got uh, got an interception. 51 tackles, five and a half sacks, nine for a loss, 12 quarterback hits, interception, four passes defensed. There you go. How many pass defense do the other guys have? What's the what's uh, T.J. Uh, Watt has four. Mm-hmm. Some guys don't have any, you know. And my point is, is their hands up. There's uh, not many guys that stretch across the broad range of categories as a Josh Allen does. Yeah. And that's what makes him the player that he is. And, and this defense is – it's a perfect fit for him because he can, he can do so many different things and he does them all very well. I mean, he is – if you can just find – I mean, look, and Smoot's been really good. Don't get me wrong. But if you can find a, a guy to, to pair him with, an interior rush guy, and then if you can find – because, look, the 3-4 is built and runs on the talents of the linebackers. If you can find another linebacker that can disrupt the game and affect the game like him – you're sitting pretty. We'll come back and take a look at the Atlanta Falcons, the Week 12 opponent. Four and six logs, a game off the wild card in the NFC. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're really a contender. I'm just telling you, yeah, the standings don't lie. <sighs> the standings don't lie. I, I totally understand that, but I can tell you one thing. The Falcons are not a contender. Okay, well, we'll uh, get into that. When we come back, it's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Jaguars Happy Hour is brought to you by TIAA Bank. Turn potential into progress. And by Publix, where shopping is a pleasure. Like offensive coordinator and quarterback, you're going to catch all the, the good things when you're playing well and catch all the bad when, you're, when, when things aren't going well in offense. So 
we just all gotta we gotta help each other out. We gotta help Bev out. I mean, there's only so much he can do. You know, he's the one calling the plays. We're the ones out there on the field, and we gotta make plays, and we gotta we have to be better. Um, so we haven't had any you know detailed conversation yet. I talked to him right after, and um, I got his back. You know, we're we're in it together. I know he's the same way with me, so uh, I'm not concerned about that. That's Trevor Lawrence, of course, Jaguars quarterback, discussing the relationship and conversations with Daryl Bevel, the offensive coordinator. And welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. And Jaguars Game Day broadcasts are presented by Vistar Credit Union. J.P. Shadrick with Jeff Lagerman. Glad you're along with us. Five o'clock, we'll have the Urban Meyer Show. And always, always good to be here, as opposed to the other option, which is to not be here. Deep philosophical today, Log. He's got your glasses on. I mean, I can I can feel it the helps me see the Logaman energy today going into Thanksgiving. I have uh, thank you, Joe. For that. I have what you call these are as as my age starts to advance. I have these progressive lenses now. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess what what they call where you can really for seeing like like in a game broadcast i got to look through the top of these things to see jersey numbers and such are they bifocals and no or is it just like they transition all the they're way like down? progressives are they progressives or I transitions I don't or know. progressives or whatever they're called we'll if you want to see a distance you look through the top of the glass if you want to see up close you look through the bottom and I need them both. Yeah, I'm, we're all going to be there one day, I think. You're already there. I'm not there. I don't have bifocals. What do, what do you wear glasses for? Well, because I can't see far away. Well, what do you need to see far away in here for? I'm like seven feet from you. We're socially distant. Do you need That's, seven feet of well, glasses? No, I'm not that bad, but, okay. you know, I still need them. All right, well, it makes you look better, too. It looks you look, makes I, you look I more I need all the help I can mature. get with that. I need a lot of help with that one. <laughs> Hey, yeah, let's uh, get into the Atlanta Falcons now. Logs uh, two and eight uh, for the Jaguars. The Falcons, of course, four and six, and they're a game off the wild card in the NFC. And you don't buy it at all. It buy, what like. do you mean? Like that, that they're, they're a contender? Well, they're not they a can, contender. I mean, what if they win this week and the other teams lose? Then they're six or seven. Yeah, but they're not a contender. I mean, what if they, they're not? They're not playing good enough. What football if they to be a get contender. Patterson back? What if they, you know, if, I don't, Ridley's been out for a while with some off the field stuff. If he figures it out, I don't okay. know. As, as a, as Kyle a, Pitts as gets an going. Offense. Okay. You know, I don't know. I'm just saying. There's a lot of what ifs. A lot of what ifs. For the, for the Falcons. And uh, uh, the running, here's the reality on the Falcons. Just a couple stats for you. Can't to, wait. To why I think that they're not a contender. Hit me. They're 27th in the league in scoring. That's not good. But I, that sounds familiar. Matt Ryan, the veteran, is 24th in quarterback rating. Mm, That's not ideal. Okay. You ready for some more? Sure. They're 30th in the National Football League at running the football. That's not good. It's 79 yards a game. And a lot of times that ranking can be a little bit confusing because I always look at this number, which is the yards gained per rush. Mm Mm-hmm. Ranking. Mm-hmm. Well, the Falcons are thirty-first. That's that's next that's to not last. good. Next to last. That's correct. Yeah, they're averaging three point four two yards per rush. Cordero Patterson is their leading rusher, averaging three point nine yards carry. Their starting running back, Mike Davis, a whopping three point two. Mm. His backup, Gallman, 
is averaging 3.5. That's not very good. Compare no. that to the Jaguars' running game, which is ranked fourth in yards gained per play at 4.96. So at least the Jaguars are running the ball fairly effectively. The Falcons are not. The Falcons' defense, second worst in the National Football League at allowing points. Yeah. That's the reality. That's right. They are nearly 29 points a game. 28.8 to be exact. They have the fourth fewest takeaways in the National Football League with nine. Four interceptions and five fumble recoveries. Mm -hmm. They're not a great football team. And that's the reality. Are they are they better than the Jaguars right now? Yeah. By record. Yeah. They're better than the Jaguars right now. You are what your record but they says are, you are. But they are not they are not a contender. How do you cover Kyle Pitts? You treat him like a wide receiver. Because that's what he is. I mean, they, he's big, he's strong, he's physical, he's fast. But he doesn't line up and play like a traditional tight end. And I, would, I wouldn't consider him a tight end. You know, tight end is somebody that you have to match up with. And it's difficult to match up with because they are equally as effective as a blocker and also as a receiver. Perfect example was last week, George Kittle. Great player. You, you have to treat him like he is a really good blocker because he is. They line him up next to tackles, and he can block just as good as an offensive lineman. Kyle Pitts, they can't line him up next to a tackle and expect him to block like George Kittle. He can't. So you treat him like a wide receiver. Right, because he's so good down the field. Why would you even really worry about him right off the and you And you better find a way to – have, whether it be a safety over the top, you know, having somebody buzzing underneath of him. I mean, you you got to make sure that you give him plenty of attention, of attention, and the Patriots did a really good job against him. And that's one of the things that Belichick does best with the New England Patriots. He always does a great job of taking away your strength so that you don't feel very comfortable as an offense or as a play caller because that's where play callers want to be. They want to have a comfort zone, and that's what Bill Belichick does. Uh, he, and I want, look, he, he may lose a football game, but he's not going to lose a football game having your best player have his best day. That's not how he rolls. Falcons defense, Foyesade Oluokun, one of the top tacklers in the NFL. He goes as Foyer. That's his, um, his given name is the longer version. But uh, 10 tackles last week, 110 for the season. Mm -hmm. That's tied for third in the National Football League. A sixth-round pick by the Falcons out of Yale in 2018. Powerhouse. And he's a good player. Yale. Yeah, he's a good player. Deion Jones, good player. Yes. I mean, they got two, two good linebackers, and then they've got some youth elsewhere. But uh, Dante Fowler is one of their outside linebackers. A lot of Jaguar fans know him. And um, – so, but the Falcons, uh, look, I think it's pretty neat, first of all, that Arthur Smith, who is their head coach, former offensive coordinator of the Tennessee Titans, and from what I understand, he is highly respected, highly respected as an offensive coordinator, highly respected as an individual. And uh, he coaxed Dean Pease out of retirement, the defensive coordinator for the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah. Dean Pease is one of the best. I mean, I'm talking 
one of the best coordinators that that you could have in the National Football League, and he's done a great job historically everywhere that he's been. If Dean Pease can't get this defense to play better than the second most points allowed in the National Football League as a defense, then that means they've got some talent issues on defense. Mm-hmm. And they do. And they do. And, and they just don't have the money to address it, and it's going to take time for them to – to be able to u- utilize their draft picks, et cetera. So when you have this new change of administration and at the top with the new general manager in Atlanta and then also the new head coach, I mean, this is a, this is a commitment to where they know and Arthur Blank knew that this was not going to happen overnight. They knew it was going to take time. And, uh, and that's what it is. But I was surprised that Arthur Smith, and that probably tells you what, how good of a guy that Arthur Smith is, that if Dean Pease comes out of retirement to yeah. work for him. Right. Pease was a longtime coordinator for the Baltimore Ravens on defense and then the Titans 18 and 19. That's where he and Smith got he, together because Arthur Smith was with Tennessee for basically his whole NFL career. Dean Pease came out of retirement for Mike Vrabel. Yeah, there you go. Right. Okay, then he, yeah. he, he shifted worked over for to Mike yeah. and then he goes back to retirement. <laughs> And then Arthur Smith gets the job in Atlanta, and he's able to talk him out of retirement. And we know what kind of a guy Vrabel is. Good dude. I mean, I know, I've known Mike a long time. Good, good guy. Great dude. And right now, he's shown to be one hell of a coach. Final thought on the Falcons' defense here. Dante Fowler Jr. is on the Falcons' roster, signed a three-year contract for a lot of money. Um, well, I'm sure he'll be motivated for this game. Let's yeah, that, that was that was a mistake by Thomas Dimitrov. I thought I mean, to to give Dante Fowler that kind of money, I, it's I over have, forty million, right? Over I wouldn't, years. I wouldn't have done it. Yeah. He and, and Dante Fowler did maybe the smartest thing that he could possibly do. He he ended up going to the Rams. That was a trade, I believe. Yes, it was. Jags traded him to the Rams, but then he <laughs> signed a one year deal for like fourteen million dollars with the Rams, which was crazy. The next year, crazy. Yeah. So who are you playing with in a, in L.A.? I mean, Aaron Donald in the middle. Right, Hello, right. Yes. Let's see. Let me what, let me figure out what I want to do to my career. What can I? What's the best thing I can do? Let me build some numbers. Play next to Aaron Donald. Yeah, yeah. But Dante yeah. Fowler is. Uh, you know, it's unfortunate. I mean, the guy's got a lot of talent, but there were some things that he just did not do well and, and weren't his strongest attributes, and it wasn't able to work here. I mean, athletically, yeah. he's one of the most gifted guys I've ever seen. But, you know, you have to be able to have the ability to translate that gift into production, and at times that's where he fell short. When we return, we'll take a look at the Baptist Health Injury Report, the AFC South results and standings, and then coming up at 5 o'clock, the Urban Meyer Show. If you're looking for the MVP of the truck game, then look no further than Ford F-150, loaded with impressive capability and designed to dominate work, play, and everything in between. This truck makes tough look easy. No wonder it's the official truck of the NFL and proud partner of your Jacksonville Jaguars. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Welcome back, Jaguars Happy Hour. Heading into week 12, the Jags host the Falcons this Sunday at TIAA Bank Field. Veterans, choose VA for the benefits you've earned. Visit choose.va.gov. And a reminder, the inaugural Jacksonville Barbecue Festival is bringing the best barbecue in the nation to Florida December 10th through 12th here at the bank. Award-winning brisket, ribs, burn-ins, and much more. Enter for free and pay as you go. Or you can go hog wild logs with a VIP pit pass 
and that gives you two and a half hours of all you can eat and drink. That visit, would that would not be good for me. Visit bbqfestjacks.com. All I could eat and drink? Yes. Uber. <laughs> or ambulance. And a wheelbarrow. <laughs> right, something. <laughs> My goodness. That's going to be a fun time, of course, a couple think? weeks away. Couple weeks away, and uh, tickets available. So check that one out. Uh, let's take a look at the Baptist Health injury report for the Jaguars. Well, they've moved another name to the injured reserve designated to return. Jay Tufele, defensive tackle, moved there today. That starts his 21-day window to get back on track or go on IR for uh, the remainder of the season. After that, James O'Shaughnessy still there. Brandon Linder still there as well. They're still trying to work their way back. We'll see how the week goes for those guys. Uh, Jamal Agnew now on reserve injured uh, to join a handful of others. Saw A.J. Candidate in the hallway, by the way, from a distance. How's he doing? Uh, no crutches anymore. That's good, a good, good sign. Good for him. So that's good news. He's a good, uh, AJ's a good guy. And we see if you follow DJ Chark on Instagram, you see him coming to the games and, you know, cast is off, and that's a good sign also. So, okay. you know, he kind of takes photos of his leg and stuff. So. Mm. You know, if you're into that. Travis Etienne, haven't seen a lot out of him, but, uh, you know. I did see uh, just a a little note. I was watching Linder go through some paces working out before the game this past week on the field. Running, you know, doing kind of like, you know, the old suicide thing where you run down five yards, touch the line, run back ten yards, touch this line, and run back through. I need to do some of those. But, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I know what you mean. (laughs) When's the last time you did something like that? It's been a minute. It's been a minute. (laughs) It's been a got a barbecue fest a coming hot, up. I might need to get minute. some in. Right. <laughs> um, let's take a look at the what, – what, what day of the week is that barbecue fest again? It's a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. The Jags are on the road that Sunday. So we could do it Friday, though. Yeah. All right. Sounds like are a we plan, going? right? Are I we think, going? I think we're in, right? I think we're going to give it a shot. I think we ought to go. I think we, I think we ought to go. I think we ought to go. I think, I think we, we all ought to just literally belly up. Literally. At the table in the bar. AFC South results this past Sunday. Well, of course, we know what happened to the Jaguars, but the Colts put a number on the Bills, 41-15. to Jonathan Taylor had five total touchdowns, 32 carries, 185 yards. And then the Texans shocked the Titans, 22-13. to Tyrod Taylor had uh, two rushing touchdowns in the game. He's Ryan, the, he was the key there. He was. And Ryan Tannehill threw four interceptions in the game. Yeah, which is not like him. I mean, that's... Uh... And I think somebody had A.J. Brown in our fantasy. Mm. I wonder who that was. Wasn't me. I knew that. And didn't work out so well for whoever that yeah. was. As a matter of fact, too let me bad look for them. at the list and see. So, I think it was Baselli. Oh, sorry, Tony. Oh, no, Tony. AFC South standings after all of that. Mm. Well, it's not good for the Jags. They dropped to last in the division now. Houston has the better division record. Uh, and the head-to-head, of course, so Houston two and eight, Jacksonville two and eight, Tennessee eight and three, Indy trying to gain some ground. We'll see. By the way, did take a guess at who Baselli's quarterback was? Tannehill. He doubled up. <laughs> he doubled up. That's smart. Uh, the, oh no! Oh boy! The AFC South upcoming schedules for the next five weeks. Well, uh, okay. Of course, the Jags have the Falcons at the Rams. That game is now at four oh five on Fox. Not 425 on CBS, the Rams game, week 13, two weeks away now. They just changed that. They flexed some other games around, so that one moved. At Tennessee in the uh, week 14, Houston here week 15, and then at the Jets week 16. The uh, well, Let's take a look. Tennessee Titans at New England, bye week. 
Jacksonville at Pittsburgh and then San Francisco. That's a that schedule's pretty interesting. Apparently, obviously that they play like they played yesterday. The Colts have Tampa at Houston, bye week New England, Arizona. That's a tough schedule also. Well, look, at, at uh, the one thing about Indianapolis is that if you're running the ball effectively as they have been with Jonathan Taylor, schedule doesn't matter. Uh, yeah. I mean, really, that's like the great neutralizer. If you've got a great run, running attack, look at Derrick Henry. Look what Derrick Henry was able to do with the Tennessee Titans and how he's basically been carrying that football team on his back. Jonathan Taylor's doing the same thing. Because, I mean, even though Carson Wentz has had some better moments this year, he's not great consistently. I mean, this past game, he didn't have he didn't have a very good game at all because if you would – a quarterback ought to have a monster game when you've got Jonathan Taylor doing what he did last week. Just like Garoppolo. Garoppolo had a really good game because – Yeah, they could run the ball. They ran the ball. Right. You know, so anyway, just, just saying Colts are – when you've got a team that can run the ball like the Colts, everybody better look out. Prediction, are they going to overtake the Titans and win the division? Um, that's a great question. I just don't believe in Carson Wentz. I don't. I don't. Even with the running game you talked I about I mean, and the defense I mean, like that's to play in. And here, here's the reason why. Oh. Because it's just like the Jaguars game. You know, Frank Reich sometimes wants to get a little bit too cute and not rely and let the running back own the ball game. I mean, if, if, I, if I was calling plays against the Jaguars in that game, Carson Wentz wouldn't even have had a sniff of touching the leather and putting it in the air. I would have ran Jonathan Taylor. I would have ran Naheem Hines. I would have said Mac. Some, who else? I would have had Mac active in that game. A tight end Let's reverse. Go, Somebody's touching the football. Yeah, we would have ran the ball every time. Well, that'll do it for Jaguars Happy Hour. Coming up, the Urban Meyer Show on the Jaguars Radio Network. We will uh, take another look at Week 11, the loss to San Francisco. And look ahead to the Atlanta Falcons coming up as the Jaguars host the Falcons here at TIAA Bank Field. The uh, game this week, by the way, presented by CSX here at the bank. Hope you can make it out. Hope you have a good holiday as well. Coming up, the Urban Meyer Show. This has been Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network.